My name is Joseph Gallivan, and you're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guest this week is painter Derek Franklin. He is the artistic director of Converge 45, a citywide arts festival going on now through December. And he's here to talk about a question of who the narrative art of Hong Liu, a Chinese painter. Thanks very much for doing Art Focus again, Derek. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Joseph. Yeah, we did. You were on the show with uh, Christian, the other Converge 45 curator, a few weeks ago. And now this is one particular show that's on at the Jordan Schnitzer Museum at PSU. It's right there on Broadway. And it really is a fantastic show. I'd seen Hung Liu's work in Eugene because Jordan has been collecting it for a long time and he'd all, it would always show up in Eugene. But now we have a really great trove of paintings and tapestries and prints from Hung Liu. And it, it really is an amazing show. I, I really want the listeners to actually go see it. it. It's on through December the 2nd. And you're a painter, Derek. What is it about Hung Liu that you particularly like, if you could just generalize? I think there's a lot of content and conceptual ideas in the work. But as far as the paintings go, as actual paintings, there's a unique blend of social realism that, that depicts immigrant life and also re-education in China in a way that we would traditionally know. And then there's also um, this unique blend of loose brush strokes that kind of synthesize Eastern landscape painting techniques and also Bay Area landscape techniques together um, mm. due to her history of, you know, coming to the Bay Area from China in 1984. Yeah, we should say that her dad was a general in the Nationalist Army. And, you know, when the communists took over, I'm not sure what his punishment was, but she certainly, as a girl, had to go to like a, a re-education camp and do hard labor. And then later in life, moved to California, went to art school. She's actually at school with Carrie Mae Weems, the photographer. Her painting is a lot about China. But there's this Western perspective on on how she works. Yeah. And I think that can be seen a lot in her early works that were more installational, like Old Gold Mountain. That was a golden mountain with railroad tracks coming out of it that was depicting the connection of East and West, but also kind of memorializing Chinese immigrants that died building the Transcontinental Railroad. Her resident alien piece that was at the De Young Museum that really took kind of immigration and this East and West confluence on straight ahead. Also in the, the title of the, the exhibition, Question of Who, and there's the title piece as you walk in, Question of Who, which is this painting that uh, has both like realist depiction, but also is sculptural in the way that it has these boxes that pop off of the painting um, is the titles based on John Spence's book, Question of Who, which is the story of a lowly Chinese Catholic that follows a Jesuit priest um, on a trip to France in 1722 that kind of chronicles his uh, life tragedy of 
trying to deal with what it means to live a life and um, try to synthesize your born culture and assimilate into another culture and all the trauma and despair that kind of comes from that. Hmm. Is that book written from the perspective, is it in the first person by the Chinese immigrant or is it by an observer? It's by a historian that documented the story. So that painting, as you come in by the desk, it faces you. It's a, it's a big landscape. There's like a Chinese laborer with his back to you at the front in a white shirt with a huge long uh, uh, plait. You know, his hair is plaited. And then sort of set into this big Chinese landscape, there are... Um, little colored sections so it goes from black and white to colored almost like postcards that look like places in california and then sticking out are these two boxes that are probably like like shoebox size and they are painting on them and then on top of them are these little jade plants in little planters that kind of look like little bonsais but they're sort of you know very artificial looking and i, I didn't get that at all but I did get this sense of the figure in the foreground is so expertly rendered, just it's the back of a man and it really dominates the composition and it's white. It really stands out. I just thought it's a amazing kind of combination of almost like a portrait and a landscape. And then this kind of weird sculpture stuff. And then the, the painting's also kind of in an arch shape, which I think, kind of depicts the or the window of something you would look out onto that landscape and kind of see those different things, but it's definitely synthesizing mm-hmm. the different landscapes in which he's experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most of, most of these are oil on canvas or oil on panel. There are these tapestries, which are paintings that somebody else turned into tapestries under her direction. But the, that first one with the boxes sticking onto it is the, is the most kind of weird one. And then you get around the corner and there's a beautiful one called Western Wind from 2006. And it's two women riding donkeys. And the woman at the front, she's front and center. She's breastfeeding a little baby in a blue tunic. Nearly everything else is, is black and white. The donkey, sh- donkey shadows are, are cast to the left. So there's this sort of, you know, late or early sun coming across. There are two ducks swooping down on the right. Um, So they're walking across this sort of agricultural landscape. So you have this, these two figures in a landscape with the birds. And then the lower part of the um, painting, there's lots of like dribbles, you know, it's like, it's almost like somebody threw a solvent at the oil and it started dribbling down, like running in a not very, not very thick, you know, it's kind of like watercolor. Do you know what that is, this technique and why, why she does it so much? Yeah. So I believe from painting experience that Hung Lu is going in with painting, kind of blocking out the landscape and making the painting as a painter generally would and then is actually going back in with mineral spirits or something to break down the painting that she has made. I think what 
it does is it nicely gives it kind of a, not necessarily an aging effect, but an effect of erosion over time or mm-hmm. um, movement or a spanning of time in the way things have changed, but stay the same, possibly. Something that Hung Lu does really well is depicts the labor of women in ways specifically in China around, you know, both domestic labor and hard labor out in the fields kind of happening simultaneously and that type of um, double labor going on. The positioning possibly of working women in Western civilization that are also mothers. Mm -hmm. I think there's a real sense of empathy and connection within her paintings that yeah. people when they see and, them. You know, the figures in these, they always kind of teeter on the verge of Chinese pro- propaganda, these sort of smooth faces and upraised chins, these noble kind of propaganda peasants. But she also gives a lot of dignity to the figures by showing them a bit more realistically. But they're always upright and they're always sort of, not suffering too much you know she gives them a kind of physical dignity that isn't that um propaganda-ish chinese look for me when i look at them part of that aesthetic is also about upholding and memorializing these common everyday women who are doing the hard work of you know this particular painting i think they're probably like uh migratory uh agrarian workers and they're out doing that work and feeding the masses and they're the heroes that are keeping the people alive. Yeah. So I think there's a certain type of um, heroic sense about the workers within the images. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's one just around the corner then called water carriers. And um, again, it's, it's, it's this amazing uh, vista of I, um, it looks like a kind of trestle bridge going up a hill and they're going to kind of a building site and all, all these people are carrying these yokes with buckets. So I guess they're buckets of water and they're just walking up this narrow little trestle bridge, you know, physically carrying water up to for drinking or for construction or something. But the first person is right in your face you know they're walking away from you and you see his body it kind of dominates the picture and then the next few are are well depicted and then the final few in the distance are kind of blurry it's this guy with a sort of bony back and uh these white trousers and then the sides the sides of the landscape are kind of blurry the whole color scheme is kind of green and yellow gray and brown so really you get the feeling of hard labor. I think that's what I just came away with. Yeah. And I think, you know, that blurriness also really lends to possibly it being something of the past. There mm-hmm. is a very kind of uh, for nostalgic feel to that, not necessarily that the artist is nostalgic to it, but the softness mm-hmm. of the painting. And I think this is a good example of, you know, where she mixes some of those Bay Area painting with Eastern landscape painting and takes her own um, adventure 
into experimenting with that the way mm. it has this kind of wood planked walkway that's like a very steep single perspective going back into the village or town so these paintings that we're talking about were done in the in the 20 teens right that one was done in 2014 for lois plateau was done in 2015 so she's thinking back to her days of hard labor i think she may have gone back or referenced people who still have to do that today but that sense of blurriness and maybe messing up the surface with those runs maybe she's this is memory these are paintings of, of memories correct yeah another thing that i've heard just through conversation or people who are in close proximity to her work have said that when she was in re-education against kind of the maoist regime she would make drawings documenting the work from her memory in the evenings or other things mm. so all right could also based on those original drawings that she made during re-education yeah yeah well, i don't know anything about her re-education but do you get a sense that she took she took any of it in seriously like she was she believed what they wanted her to believe um i don't think i can speak on that necessarily but i do want to bring up an event for listeners that would like to know more about her work um on November 5th at 1 p.m. at the JSMA Museum, we're going to host a panel discussion that will feature Dorothy Moss and Jeff Kelly. Uh, Dorothy Moss was previously the curator of the National Portrait Gallery and was working on Hung Lu's solo show during Hung Lu's death, and then it opened two weeks later. And then Dorothy Moss is currently the president of the Hung Lu estate. Jeff Kelly, who's an art critic, but also Hung Lu's widower, um, will be in conversation about the work of Hung Lu and inside perspective on the work of Hung Lu from two people who really knew her well and appreciate her work and helped support her career too. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting talk because, you know, narrative, you really want to know this this painter's story because it's, it's it's part of Chinese history that we don't really get an inside view of and she provides it. My name's Joseph Gallivan. You're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guest this week is Derek Franklin. He's the artistic director of Converge 45, and he's talking about a question of who the narrative art of Hong Liu, which is on now the Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art at PSU through December the 2nd. Lost Plateau shows a family digging, you know, they're all together, they're mostly women. Some of them are even smiling against this white sky. Those are the kind of narrative pictures that she produced, but then... You have these amazing portraits. There's one called uh, Manchu Bride. And what yeah. was she doing for source material to get these portraits? I believe she was using photography that she was finding. One thing that I think about these are whenever I see these, I think about the Mao portraits, Andy Warhol Mao portraits that are about the same scale. I think about her kind of trying to reclaim that imagery and put it in the perspective of the proletariats or the re-educated and kind of bringing up historical Chinese heritage and culture and 
kind of placing it back into that context and taking ownership over style and scale and format of a portrait again. Yeah. Oh, I see. I mean, they are they are kind of square. So you think she's more, she's not reclaiming from the Chinese, she's reclaiming from the art world, from the, the Warhol-obsessed, you know, view of the world. Well, I think there's some of that. And then there's also, like, the portrait bringing in, like, in um, the red flower rain or, or the Manchu bride, these kind of traditional Chinese paintings of the painting with the flowers or other things and um, the patterning behind them and kind of bringing more of that in. Mm -hmm. and so kind of the slightly more reductive aesthetics of the the Maoist like propaganda paintings. So she does these these portraits of um like a, a little girl growing up, and then and then there's a, there's three of them, and then there's the I, I think they're from found photography, and then there's three self portraits of herself growing up. So she was always playing with her own story as much as these kind of random people you know that she found we went back to the question of who for a second to like bring these into context of that idea you know part of the weirdness and other things within that painting that you spoke about is really also kind of talking about this permanent dislocation that happens for people as an immigrant comes to another country they're never they can never quite feel like they're fully american if they're coming to the united states or whatever that means for that particular person and then simultaneously if they return home they're never quite fully where they came from again mm -hmm. uh, it's a really long and kind of life altering dislocation of not fully belonging to a certain place mm -hmm. and i think the weirdness in that work is like a visual representation of that dislocation that happens not only through immigration but many things in the world for people that you know change class structures or other things this can also happen but i think part of these series of the multiple women as different things herself as a sort self-portrait in different iterations like it's really speaking to this struggle with knowing how your identity functions in the world and how, how to internally deal with those things mm -hmm. I think portraits are really moving in that kind of way so this work is kind of about identity and abstractions like that but it does it is fantastic work these are giant brightly colored paintings with many many layers they're just fantastic to look at you can look at them for hours i mean uh, there's one called a sharecropper and it's based on a photo uh of a sharecropper he's just got this white shirt on and he's looking at the the viewer and then she's outlined all the all the major contours of his face and body and clothes in these rainbow different colored lines and if you look closely it's they're not lines put on but they're lines colors that have been painted over leaving line shapes you know line 
I mean, the other great thing is the scale of these paintings are very large, you know, between mm -hmm. around 80 um, in both directions. And paintings that size, you really have this kind of physical reaction as you approach them too. And, you know, a lot of times with paintings of this scale, they only have a space in which they read visually as a great painting from 10 feet away or eight feet away. But Hung Lu's mm -hmm. are really um, elegant in the way that there's something at all levels of looking. The details don't break down. There's, you know, rich visualization within the textures and the different glazes and other things. And mm -hmm. really exciting as paintings to look at. And also like in the sharecropper image, the way in which she uses color and the simultaneous contrast in color to really um, both depict the image that she wants to depict, but also give a, a type of virtuosity to the material of paint is really fascinating to look at. There's a painting called The Last Emperor, and it is that Bertolucci Last Emperor, um, 2009, and it's a tapestry, actually. She did these paintings in oil and then had someone in Belgium turn them into tapestries. Is that correct? Yes. I wonder why, because you associate tapestry with like hard labor. <laughs> so like outsourcing it to someone in Belgium doesn't kind of make any sense, but they do, they do have a nice texture. They have a nice texture. Probably a lot of it was Hung Lu also made a lot of prints and those were usually a addition by um, atelier shops that would also do the labor. And I think the uh, tapestries have a closer textural feel like the paintings. I think they have a way in which they show more of the, that dripping sensation that she gets mm -hmm. from the <clears throat> mineral spirits into the oil paint on the paintings. And um, sometimes it's just, a thing that artists do where they, you know, cr go across mediums and try to see what is the best medium to get their idea across. Oh, okay. Okay. So as a painter, a, a painter's like that, they're, they're thinking, what can I do to my work to, to kind of remix it in another medium? Yeah, to remix it in another medium, but also I think sometimes, you know, there is a textile history in both Chinese art and um, the Bay Area. And I think that sometimes as artists are working, you may be a painter or a photographer, these other things, and you have an idea or a certain image and your main medium of focus maybe is not um, depicting it in a way that you think is effective. Mm -hmm. um, maybe in the same ways as that she experimented in all these shaped canvases and other things, the, the square rectilinear hard edge just maybe wasn't working at that time. And she wanted to think about how she could change a viewer's focus or the way they looked at a painting in a certain way. And I think, you know, when artists venture into other mediums, a lot of times that's the goal is to see if another medium can get your ideas across in a better way than the original um, mode of visualization that an artist uses.
I think my favorite of these paintings, I'm not sure the name now, but it's a woman in a red tunic with a, a large circle of sort of flowers on the front, a white collar, high white collar. She's got this hat on with crazy amount of flowers on it. Everything's dripping down her, her side of her face. Her face is in the middle towards the top and she's looking to one side. And then the background is gold leaf, which I love. And then there's these fish that have been like, well, there's a fish that's just swimming past her face in kind of black ink and a couple of fruits, maybe persimmons or something. And it's just a stunning, shining image. A portrait. Yeah. Many of her portrait subjects are looking at the camera, looking at the viewer. But this woman's looking off to one side. And that there is another painting where she does something similar, but she puts an epoxy over the top. So it's all shiny and there's even more layers. I just see somebody having a lot of taking risks and enjoying mixing up media. Yeah, that particular painting, I believe, is titled Red Flower Rain. It was mm -hmm. made in 2017. The other painting that you're talking about that has the resin over it and the, this one, that gold leaf in the background with the painting over the top of it with many glazes, the way in which visually it appears, you kind of, until you read more about it, can't recognize how it's actually made in a lot of ways. And the surface quality of these paintings are just miraculous. Um, I think the painting you're talk about, talking about is also one of my favorite paintings. It's just stunning in the way that it deals with light and luminosity across the painting. My name's Joseph Gallivan. You've been listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guest this week was Derek Franklin. He's the artistic director of Converge 45. And he was talking about a question of who the narrative art of Hung Liu which is on now through December the 2nd at the JSMA at Portland State University. Thanks very much for doing Art Focus again, this time by Zoom, Derek. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for having us. And to listeners, get out there and see the question of who.